Hey, what do you know? It's the most productive day of the week, according to Lori, Tuesday. So let's get productive. Let's put on a show. Rocco, it's not just me. That is, studies have shown. Studies have shown. Tuesdays are the most productive days of the week. I was very productive today. In fact, we just got done shooting a video. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We, we really did our she-shanty. She she-shanty. <laughs> she-shanty. Be careful how you say that fast. I know. Oh, my gosh. I completely forgot to lip sync. Yeah. You just, I just danced and performed. She did, and I just laughed and lip synced. And, and now B. Arthur is challenged with editing us All trying to be social distance and doing this and doing that in oh. front of the man wall. Oh, my God. Take, take a final glance at the hammaconda. Take a final glance at the hammaconda. Take a final glance at the hammaconda. Now that we're remodeling. <laughs> Rock and the, roll 1752 right. style. And, and I'm thinking of some of the guests that we've had in over the years who come in and they're actors. Maybe they're coming to town to be at the Guthrie or they're coming in town to do something and they sit down and they just take a pause and stare at the man while to see if they're up there. That's one of the things to see if they're <laughs> or who up there. they know they are. Oh, who they know. Or I mean, it has led to a. It's kind of like it's an icebreaker. It's a great icebreaker yeah. having all these stars up on the walls. It kind of felt. I don't think it's gone for long. I feel the remodeling maybe could be temporary and it could come back. Yeah, I certainly hope so, Julia. Because it's all. It's all Velcroed and yeah. laminated. I spent many hours laminating all the pages from People Magazine. Yes, and well, so, just think how much better you guys are going to sound when that soundproofing uh, material goes up on the wall. I okay. mean, it's going to well, just it's really been improve. Eight, but wait eight a and a half years. What, what, what's really been wrong better? with the sound? Would we sound different, really? I no, that's know. just what they try oh, and tell us for it? making us oh. feel better about taking down the mantle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and we'll look so much better on camera because we aren't fighting with, you know... Because we've been on camera so much in this radio station. We've only been asking <laughs> for this for be. we have years. Because when we first started, We're this like, is before Imus shot himself in the foot. But mm-hmm. Imus, Don, I'm, Don Imus, we're so dating ourselves, mm-hmm. was on the radio. And he had TV TV crews in there, and they just sit like you and I are sitting here and at the counter and we'd, just filmed We'd it. be like, why don't you guys do that with us? We couldn't understand. No. Especially since you do your hair and makeup every day. Well, you know, but we does. just couldn't understand why <laughs> you wouldn't throw it in, throw in the camera in the mix. And we were denied, and then denied. We, but then we did cut-ins to the four o'clock news. Oh, remember that? Um, or Cindy Brucato, I think it was the most painful for her. Yeah, I yeah think. that's why and, she quit again. And Leah Remini, <laughs> we did it with Leah and we did it. Leah um, McLean. McLean, thank you. And, um... Gosh, we've gone through we've gone through a lot of people um, here. For the record, one of them was not Leah Remini. No, no, but <laughs> although she's, we've talked to her, she, yes. we have. She wants to work here. Jason just talked to her yesterday. Is her sister still like live in town? Yes, yes. To the yes. Show? yeah. Well, hello, Sister Remini. Yeah, uh, and Leah was on Wendy Williams this morning. Oh, she was. Yes, she was. But I, of course, have a new start work time like you do, and uh, wasn't able to watch the whole thing, so I <laughs> saved it to. See what Leah's talking about later. But I do have to just get serious for a minute, just talking about the beginning of our show. So I'm, you know, reading the paper, and as I always do, you know, I read the obituaries, and I see in the Star Tribune, I see Carrie Dykin, age 60, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And Carrie... We know him through his business, Blasted Art. And yep. I want to say in 2003, 
Carrie sent he, us. He sent us, but he had been listening and he'd been turning on a lot of gay people to yes. our show. Yes. And he made us vests and sandblasted our images from our very first promotional photo photo on the back of these and sent us each one. Yep. Which I is still a, have mine. I have mine yep. too, which is a sweet note, you know. And anyway, he passed away at the age of 60. Which and is so sad. And a lot of people in the community knew him. And he always was donating his art and the sandblasting. And yeah, well, you can, his works, I mean, he did a lot of commission stuff. The Twins Tribute Wall at Target Field, Carrie did. The mm-hmm. 35W Bridge Memorial. The, um, MSP Airport Concourse Walkway, he's got stuff. The State Fair Brick Tribute Walkway, mm-hmm. Loring Park, their brick uh, things, and several hotels and restaurants. And just a lot of people just absolutely loved him. He's a great artist. Uh, his glasswork, his sculpture, he just was just a really a shining star. And mm-hmm. he was always so kind to us and he would send us these little pep notes you girls are doing great but he was an early listener very very beginning so the photo is like you said our very first photo shot yeah shoot that we did in the conference room and a friend of his was the one who talked him into doing the sandblasting art on denim so i was just really sad to to see that and my heart goes out to the family yeah you were you like were a mess when i told you when we came in today and um you know, he worked at some ad agencies. He worked at the Guthrie, did right. a lot of stuff for the Guthrie. And um, it's a, a tragic a, loss. Yeah, a friend, a friend of ours said, um, you know, just remember to reach out to people right now, particularly single people. There is such an epidemic of loneliness happening because we've been in this pandemic for so long. Months and months and months. And you were even talking about the effect on men today. Um, Men have, uh, there's a new study, it's not surprising, but men are having a harder time with what what Dutch researchers have been studying this since March, since uh the pandemic hit, and they've had three big studies. But what they're calling the second wave of lockdowns and you know i think it hit people really it hit, it's hitting people but yeah. really hitting yeah. guys and their social circle is so different and anyway a, a friend of his just you know said to us if you could remind people to reach out call people call people mm-hmm. so they can hear your voice right. you know reach Instead out and texting talk, hey how are you or something you know a messenger facebook messenger it's been a super I, I think no one can disagree here it's been a horribly hard year for everybody but like you said the second wave when it came around again and things were getting locked down i just i know how much dread we felt yeah but we have so many friends, you know, that we can reach out to in family. And I just and think we have a were, place we that we come to, to work, we do. even we're though there's so not very many people here. But, you know, like Carrie was an artist, so he probably spent a, a lot, lot of, of time alone, completely isolated. isolated and alone. So anyway, we just remember Carrie. I mean, 10 years ago, he climbed Mount Everest. He had these. I wonder who's got the cockatiels. But he was just a wonderful, wonderful man. man and he really turned a lot of people insisted that they listen to us and he was one of the people and 
know, they got the gay boys listening. And as I told you, once the gay guys uh, discover you, the rest will follow, Rocco. That was uh, that was a Sex in the City line, I believe, way back. Uh, when. It was a it's theory the, of mine, the, and a true, it's true. true. So mm-hmm. anyway, just we our heart goes out to his family, and and of course the people that were, you know, truly close to him. So anyway, sad. yeah, very very sad. Um, something that that might make you just smile for a second uh, if you remember last year. I think it was last January. A young lady, a UCLA gymnast. Um, Went viral with her epic floor routine yes. set to Beyonce. Yes, and uh, she competes for you know she's a she was a junior last year and uh, she is back. Nia Dennis, we posted it and she had a near perfect floor routine and it's um, Beyonce, Soldier Boy, Missy Elliott, Kendrick Lamar, and it's got some very fun choreography on top. It's, it's some very intense. Uh, tumbles and uh she she won it in this her senior year at, at ucla so it's, it, it's that, so that's posted on the laurie and julia yeah. show page all right listen we come back it's our story we can't get enough of well, Pookie. happy birthday Pookie. Woman. happy birthday and we always 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 miss her birthday because we're always at the sag awards that's correct and then i always forget it and right. so finally like this year i'm like what day, day is, your, is birthday. your damn birthday yeah. so i know so I'm like first thing this morning because I don't do Facebook and that's where you usually get all the alerts. Like a Facebook bir- memory came up of 2013 with you while we were doing our tour of the Shrine Auditorium and you were sitting with the cardboard cutout of Bradley Cooper. Oh, Bradley. Bradley. Back when we were in love and he would just text me all the time. It was maddening. But anywho, Pooks, happy birthday. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this Saturday night, Wendy Williams' Lifetime movie, followed by a documentary, both with Wendy's cooperation, are airing on Lifetime on Saturday night. um, And then they'll replay on Lifetime, you know, a million times. But Wendy was making the rounds of um, she was on gma she was on the view she was on the jess cagle show so a movie and a documentary and a documentary okay. and uh, the start of her show today she would i i'm uh, expecting this to be quite dishy and going to be painful for her ex-husband apparently he's made a lot of enemies Kev, kevin kevin she calls mm. him calvin it must be some kind of a dig, <laughs> Calvin. But here, Calvin drinks milk. Yeah, here's uh, Wendy Williams. Hey. How you doing on GMA this morning? Not one, but two films: the movie and the documentary, which has a great name. Tell people about the name and how you came about it. Lifetime and I, we were on a call. A big conference call, lots of smart people, and they gave me some ideas for names. And I and I said, all these smart people on the phone, nobody would believe that we haven't named the movie, but the movie is done, and so is the documentary. I said, oh, what a mess. And they said, perfect. <laughs> I said, what? And they said, what a mess. I said, well, that actually is perfect. So it's turned out to be quite messy, but quite a learning experience for me. Um, learning about myself and also hopefully people, Robin, in between um, the tears and the laughter and I can't believe this is what she survived. Hopefully they'll learn a few takeaways for their own lives or else just be entertained. 
And I think we're going to be. I mean, they showed a trailer. Is, is that the only audio we have, Rocco? I got one more. Clip. Okay, let's go ahead and play that first. Bill, yeah. Let's follow up on that. You've, you've had a lot of challenges over the last few years. That's been no secret at all. So what exactly did you learn from this experience? That I'm fearless and fearless to a fault. You know, I'll walk right to the edge, look over, and if, if it's too high, I will not jump. But, you know, this is my story. It's, it's my factual story, and the documentary is a must-see. The movie is a must-see, but those are actors, and we could only fit two hours' worth of my life in there. The documentary are real, is real people who've actually lived my experience with me, whether it's been through observation or through actually knowing me, being around me, doing stuff with me. Um, it's more than just, you know, my family, because then that's a corny documentary. They're, you know, all they say are good things about you and just when you were little. Me being a little girl um, is a part of it, but a small part. Then the rest of the story is, you know, people who've hired me at radio and fired me at radio, people who have not believed in my career and said one of the worst days of their careers are when they got rid of me or doubted me. And all those relationships have made up. We've all grown. And on her show today, she yes. said, you know, a lot of her staffers are included. And she said she called out... Um, We're talking about Wendy Williams. Yeah. She called out her ex-husband, Calvin, as she calls him. (laughs) And she said, um, Sharina Hudson, you better be ready for your name to be on a lot of people's tongues and a a hot topic because you happen to be the one who kept his baby. Then she named the baby's name. And poor little Journey, she says, she's going to be... Uh, rumored and apparently she named okay so this is her her son's it, it, yep all right fine. doesn't matter she okay. is uh, apparently she said in this mo- hey it's mike and i'm so excited to tell you about factors delicious ready to eat meals we're all busy and with factor eating fresh never frozen chef crafted meals has never been simpler two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are you'll have over 35 different options to choose from including calorie smart protein plus and keto get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Movie, we learned that while Kevin had the... He had a relationship with this woman for 15 of yeah. their 20 years together. And when they had the baby together... He was begging Wendy for forgiveness and telling her they were meant to be together, but he was very controlling with her. 
She said he cheated the whole time that they were together. Did she had know? people. She didn't realize like how isolated he was. She she uh, on the View today. She said, you know, Kevin was my manager, but I, he was my manager that made sure I, you know, didn't have access to th- uh, certain things. And he uh, Lifetime had approached me before they wanted to do a right a, cast a movie sure. and have a real life drama. And he said, no, we're not interested. You know, it's going to be a big network that does it. And she just said, you know, there was a lot of stuff that I, that then you see in the documentary where she just absolutely breaks down about what a fool she was, her Graves disease. Right. Uh, which, you know, people don't really know a lot about what that is. Her thing with her legs. Her and lipidemia. Yeah. So did I, she talk about, well, we had heard that before because when she was on with Andy Cohn, I don't know, maybe five years ago now before. Andy, and he, was shady. Andy did not said, like she's like, why don't you have, why haven't you had me on your show? And he's, he's like, like, because I didn't like your husband. No, Kevin uh, would always say no. Oh, Kevin would say he no. He would turn oh, it down. It she didn't like, no, no. I thought he said, no one likes your husband. You're going to get a lot more people to come on your show now because he's out of the picture. He did yeah, say something like that. Kevin was the manager, yeah. Calvin. So anyway, I think it looks good. The 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 trailers that I saw, they got to, Wendy's got to be happy with the actress that they got to portray her. Right. And okay. Yeah. So it's, it's this Sunday night. No, it's, Saturday. Saturday night. What Saturday night is when Lifetime premieres their new movies. Like okay. last Saturday, it was Salt and Pepper. Did anyone watch that? I have it on the DVR, but I didn't oh, watch right. it. And, um, and then I went down the rabbit hole of uh, Rocco White. Spinderella wasn't included in the movie at all. Oh, she wasn't? No. I don't even know and who that what, is, so we'll just let that. On that or uh, well, or I think beef? I think Salt and Pepper would say, "Well, the name of the band was Salt and Pepper." Yeah, but every good act needs a good DJ. Well, they didn't. They weren't. They obviously went out on bad terms because it wasn't Salt and Pepper featuring Spinderella. It was just mm, vintage Salt scandal. I see. Yeah, in the there you go. <laughs> so I didn't, but I didn't watch it. But Wendy said um, it was a little glossed over. Okay. When she talked about it, because, right. you know, she was giving herself a plug. She said, this stuff isn't glossed over. People are going to be shocked. Well, she's had a very bright, vivid life. I mean, it, bright colors. I mean, she was made her way in radio in New York City. She was on the hot shows. She had the me- drug issues, massive yeah. cocaine problems. Yeah. Uh-huh. For, and got her, I don't know if it got I'm her. I'm kind of excited to I, see it. I think it would be good to see. And, and she's a survivor. Yeah, and, but and when she was like, looked at the camera and, well, Shireen Hudson, you just happened to be the one who kept the baby. baby. I was just like, they immediately panned to her staff, which is all that's in the audience. And even and with their masks on, you could just see eyes hands you just are up. said that wendy out loud yeah yeah you just said that but wow. apparently her staff is so happy he's gone oh yeah he sounds like he was just a disaster it and would be she, horrible oh and then she said you know when some people are blinded by pretty new gucci handbags and stuff like that but i know there's more to a partner than what kind of a bag they can buy or 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 a car Remember, because she got her the, the red Bentley or something. He bought the girlfriend the Bentley, and she lived a mile and a half away in a house mm-hmm. that Wendy bought, and then they had the baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be him. Yeah. Go in guns blazing. It's, uh, the, mm-hmm. it's your story, Wendy. Oh, gosh.
So we're just going to watch it. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Yep. How are you, how are you doing? All right. Listen, we've got to call London. We're going to talk with uh, Julia Kelly about her latest book, The Last Garden in England. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We have a real treat. We have the Julia Kelly with us. She's the international best-selling author. Maybe you've read The Whispers of War or Light Over London. We yeah. are new to you, Fans. Julia. And uh, we just read... Your fabulous book, The Last Garden in England. So thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So we understand you grew up in New York. You lived in L.A. for a while. You lived in Iowa. And now you live in London. Well, a little reverse. So I grew up in L.A. I went to school in Iowa and then I moved to New York. So I keep moving further and further east. And then I went to London, so that's where I live now. Oh, my God. All right, so give people the setup of the book, and I just have to say that is one of the most beautiful book covers I've ever seen. It really is. it is wonderful, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It really is. And we judge a lot of books on the covers. (laughs) (laughs) As you should, as you should. We do. Well, the the book is uh, a historical novel, so it's told in three different time periods, and it's all set around a fictional garden. And so it's the garden's creation, the garden in 1944 during World War II, and then also the garden after it's been abandoned, and a woman comes in to try to restore it and bring life back to it. And while doing that, she uncovers um, some mysteries and some different things that happen those, in those other time periods. So it all pulls everything together. It's, 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 it's really it makes you want a garden i'll tell you that i mean it really you're like i was like i stopped to google flowers i've never done that before reading a book before but the descriptions that you would write of the and there were flowers i weren't you know i wasn't familiar with so i do think the, that your book not only will inspire um people to read your other novels but also be interested in gardening and i'm curious because in your acknowledgement if you would share with people like how you got the Idea. idea for the last garden in England. Well, you know, my father is a wonderful gardener, and growing up in L.A., he had this love for English border gardens, and so he he would, you know, be digging in the dirt, and of course, as his daughter, I was right there with him, um, pulling up weeds and things like that. I'm not sure if I was that helpful, um, mm-hmm. but I did I did fall in love with gardens, and so, you know, when I, when I decided I wanted to write a book about a garden, it just seemed natural to have it set in England, and I think there's always something a little mysterious and ephemeral about gardens. So it felt like it really, it really worked with all these different time periods that were just weaving in and out. Yeah, and then the whole idea of you know requisitioned houses yes. um, mm-hmm. in World War One and World War Two, and that really did happen. It did, and actually, my parents are in the UK now as well, and they live in a house that's much more modest than than the house that uh, that I write about. But mm-hmm. it was a requisitioned home as well. So, you know, as I started to think about what would the life of this garden and the life of the people associated with it have been like during World War II, I I decided I wanted to um, set the uh, set the house. It, it, it would become a convalescent hospital during the war. So you had all these different people recovering there, you know, soldiers, doctors, nurses were working there. And then you had the actual family um, that lived in the house as well. And everybody was trying to sort of make it through while, um, while doing everything they could for the war effort. So it creates a really kind of interesting background, I think, for, for that time period. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're, you know, if you're just joining us, we're talking with the author, Julia Kelly, 
not to be confused with the actress, because there's a lot of yes. you out there. Um, there the, are the common name. <laughs> there are. And it's the book is The Last Garden in England. And like Laurie said, the cover is amazing. And just the story about gardening. And I think, um, you know, set in the different time um, areas, um, different times um, that these five different women um, kind of grew up in. But I love that Vanita. First of all, I loved her Venetia. name, Venetia or Venita or whatever, however you would say it, you mm-hmm. know, that she was this pioneer garden designer, landscape design way back when and how she was like the men would listen to her way back at the turn of the last century. I mean, that was kind of fun having, you know, her be so innovative and creative. Yeah, I really like talking about women who do things that are a bit unexpected in history. And it's all based in, you know, there were women who were these pioneering garden designers, not many of them. Um, But I loved the idea that she was doing something really unique that let her be creative and let her have a livelihood and, and all of those things at the same time, even in 1907, which is a time that we don't usually think about women having all of this independence. And so many people took up gardening this year. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it really was it. It mm-hmm. is the year for it. So how did your whole family end up in London, Julia? Well, my mother is British, so okay. I've always had this connection to the UK, and I'm also a, a citizen here, too. So, you know, as I said before, I grew up in Los Angeles, but I've been very lucky and, and been able to move over here, uh, as as did the rest of the family. So we're we're kind of living the um, the English expat, American expat dream a bit. And Prince Harry is the English expat <laughs> living in Montecito. Exactly. We obviously decided to just switch roles. Oh, there you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> have yours, you know, we're, we're brand new to you. This was the first book that we've read of yours. Have, have you been optioned for, you know, TV or movies or anything? You know, I haven't, but I'm hoping the fact that you've said that out loud yes. into the world means that it will happen. I would, I would absolutely love that. And I think a lot of authors have that dream of one day seeing their, their book turned into a TV show or, or a movie. The, the idea of the gardens and how the gardens, you know, the lover's garden, the mother's garden, the this garden. I mean, it just sounds so romantic and it sounded, I mean, just so opulent to have all these different types well, of gardens. Well, it's one of the things that we've loved so about lovely. watching Downton Abbey or yep. even Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. It's that whole, you know, you have so many garden scenes and you're just like, it, it, they're amazing. They're rooms. The clothing could be beautiful, too. I mean, I think it's a great idea. We should do it. Is, right. is it hard, Julia, in writing, um, like, when you have that, those, you know, you've got present day, 1907, 1944, how do you keep do you, how do you keep track of the your storylines? Yeah. Do you do one story first and that you know, I'm just curious how that process That's exactly is. Exactly right. Yeah. So I wrote the nineteen oh seven story first and then nineteen forty four builds on it. So I wrote mm-hmm. that next and then I did the present day story. And to keep everything straight when I was putting them all together, I had lots of post it notes <laughs> on a blank kitchen wall. And so it looked a little scary if anybody walked in unexpectedly, but it was it was really helpful in kind of keeping myself organized. It's really it's well, really Julia. What was the funny. book? What was your the uh, book that you read that you were like, I want to be a writer that inspired you to write? Oh, there's so many. Um, you know, I think one of the books that really, uh, when I was a teenager, uh, really got me 
because the writer, the um, heroine of it is an author, is uh, a book called I Capture the Castle by Dodie Smith. Mm-hmm. There was a film made of it in, I think, the early 2000s. Yes. And I saw that, and then I read the book, and I thought, this is what I want to do. Okay. And did you go to Iowa because you, you went to the writing uh, no. no, you know, I went to Grinnell College, so okay. um, not uh, not the Iowa Writers Workshop, but kind of in close proximity. There's a good writing tradition in Iowa. Yes, so. there is, and in Minneapolis too, with the Loft exactly. Literary Center. Mm-hmm. No, we've a lot of people have made their way via Iowa writing uh, writers. Uh, yeah, uh, Julia, how do you like uh, doing your um, book chats in zooming and virtually? <laughs> how do you feel about that? Well, you know, to be honest, it's really helpful because I've been, um, you know, for, for most of my books, I've been here in the UK. So mm-hmm. I have been able to interact with readers in the US. And, and I also have a, a really great group of readers in Canada as well. So getting to actually um, see, you know, different readers in different places, different libraries, different shows that I can go on, it's just been wonderful. So I have to say, you know, the pandemic obviously has made things very difficult, but this is one silver lining that, that it's been fantastic meeting a whole bunch of different people. I, I probably never would have been able to because of being over here in the UK. Right. Well, We've cool. had other authors tell yeah. us that, too, that it opens it up to even maybe more people than normally would go to one of go to a book a local books you know store and go and hear you talk yeah do you julia you know we always have to ask our authors you know the last great book that you read Ooh, that's a challenging question so so you want a recommendation for yeah. it yeah I think, um, you know, what I really loved and I can't stop raving about is Kristen Harnell's The Book of Lost Names. Oh, we have that. I think that's an excellent book. Really, really well done. So I've been recommending that to everybody. I think it's the same publisher as yours. That's right. Yeah, I, we so have, I was very lucky and got to chat with her about it. Yeah, we have that book on our bookshelf. Here. Do you guys do like a series like authors interviewing authors? We have done a little bit of that, absolutely, and she's she's an absolutely fantastic um, interviewer also, so it's always fun to sit down and chat. What's the one question that um, authors, that you don't like to hear? <laughs> well, it's, it's always tricky when people ask you, depending on where you are in the process of the next book, when somebody says, what are you working on next? And mm. sometimes I can answer that really honestly, and sometimes I have to kind of tap dance a little bit and try to make sure I don't give too much away just in case, you know, something changes in the process. So yeah, let's that's just, a tricky one sometimes. Let's enjoy the book that we're talking right. to you about, Julia. Make note of that, <laughs> yes. that we don't ask that we again. Usually we usually don't. don't we but, usually don't, but, yeah. you know, unless it's someone who's a prolific writer that has something out every year, you know, we've right. got a couple of those authors that we yeah. have on all the time, yeah. like Brian Freeman or something like yeah. that. But, you know, if you're just joining us, Julia Kelly is the author. Um, the book is The Last Garden in England. It's just a delicious read. And it, it's fun to go into the different time zones. And it's fun to go into the dirt. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's fun. The romance, story, yeah. you know, parts of it. It's really just a delightful book that you've written with, like Lori said, our favorite color, our favorite cover. Bar oh, none. Thank you. Oh my gosh! It really it's it's scary because when we get some books and we're like, oh, why would they do that cover? And I mean, it looks like it's it. a hand painted cover. I was so struck. I feel like you're really gonna um, people will just really pick up your book and just well, they may have read one of your other, other books, books, but which we want to read now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, just based on that, like I want to read the Light Over London and. 
whatever else you think we should read of yours. Where should we? Well, what, I, what would I be think the, next the Light one? Over London is a is a great place to start. Okay, and the Whispers of War is my is my one after that. So, okay. um, yeah. Oh well, this was a treat, Julia. Thank you, you got so a nice much. name too. All right, honey. Um, cheers. And is is the mood good over there across the pond? It's it's getting there. It's okay. getting there. I think everybody's uh, everybody's hunkered down and just trying to make the best of things. Yeah. The mood here is very happy. <laughs> yes. And everyone is trying to but we're trying but to we're trying down. to get yeah the vaccine and that's that's the thing exactly. that everyone is yeah the whole world is like uh, waiting for waiting that. for that well, well we while will, we're waiting we're reading yes we are reading exactly. a ton and thank you for your book the last garden in England we've got a couple copies to give away if you haven't um gotten one of our books lately six five one six four one one oh seven one wackle we'll get your information we'll call you and Julia thanks again for your time and it's just delightful to meet you oh thank you so much for having me on thanks Absolutely. julia bye Best of luck. all right listen we come back uh we're gonna go from gardens to the bachelor okay it's tuesday it's three forty-five, so it's time to rehash the bachelor and i gotta say that bachelor mike is that his name no what is his James. name Matt. Oh, <laughs> I knew it was a four-letter word. But his last name is James. It's Matt James. He's got two first names. He is boring. So boring. He's so boring, and that's why they introduced five new women last night. He's such a nice guy, right? But he doesn't have any zhuzh. <sighs> yeah, he just doesn't have any zhuzh. Yeah, I, maybe he's so uh, good-looking and hot. He hasn't worked on his personality. He to, and he's an only child, so he was. You know, maybe his mom just adored him. No I'm fascinated with We're his so extra bitchy. long fingers. Have you seen his double? He's got double jointed his fingers. No, but he's got very long, skinny legs. Yeah, well, he's a beautiful he's specimen. He's beautiful of specimen. A guy. He's but he very is kind of boring. So boring. He has the same boring conversations. Yeah. They're having to. What did your. Does your son think he's boring? Okay, well, here's how funny it is because my kid's an expert. I yeah. swear he should okay. write for Bachelor Nation okay. or something. So he and and I it, it's true so when you're going and you're having Matt talk about the group dates with the women that he's with um if they don't show the woman and you know and do a face to face a face mm-hmm. to face with the woman like a confession yeah. she's not getting picked right. so if they just show Matt talking to him there's the they're gone right. you just that one's not getting picked that right. one's not getting picked that one's not getting I'm mean, like how do you know mom Mom, I've been through this enough. And so if unless they have a face if a sit down kind of face to face solo with the camera, right. he knows that. So that was very funny to hear. When the new women showed up, you know, we just kind of rate them. We just you know, it's terrible. Yeah. That's how people watch this show. But but the one from Minnesota from Woodbury, oh, the teacher. The teacher from that, Edina is she's what? from Minnesota. She teaches I mean Woodbury thing and she teaches in Edina. Yeah, she's, she lives in Edina oh, and maybe Normandale Hills Elementary in Bloomington yeah. is where she's, she's teaching. Darling, her name is Michelle. We talked about her a long time ago when Michelle this Young, started. yes, she and was, she got to go on a good date, zip a, lining and a hot air balloon. So fun! So an adrenaline date always makes people closer. Yeah, Rocco, and, if you didn't know that, that's no. an old bachelor ploy. You need to go. I on can't a, picture you going on a zip lining date. Is that something I've you done do? it? I've done it. Okay. I've done it a million times. Mm-hmm. It's fun. 
Be and not then attractive. You, it's you, no, you because don't want anyone to see where the fat gathers on your body. <laughs> yeah, the moose knuckle belt. is really something. Even a woman gets a moose and knuckle. And just how you're so squeezed into that that harness. Yes. You, it's not an, a good look, but I would do it. Yeah. I mean, because it's exciting. But they it's were fun. having immediate chemistry. Immediate. She, I mean, like, and they And she arrived. was one of the introduced five girls. Yeah. But they're, they're, the villains on this show are so bad that Queen Victoria with the sty in her eye. Terrible sty. Every time she come back out, I'd say to my son, there's a sty in her eye. I was like, Mom, you said it. I'm like, there's a sty in her eye. But uh, she and that other girl uh, were were just so biatchy and petty the and mean and boring. And her jaw, I, the other girls from Owatonna, that Anna. With the mouth? Yeah, the with bulldog the mouth. mouth. And she has bitchy resting face. It's so so bad. bad. I'm like, you are coming off so bad. Yeah, I know. Minnesota needs some help. We have the first she lives case in Chicago from, now. of COVID from Brazil. I Don't know. give us a bad name anymore. I know. We're having a year. You know, but so I just was like, oh my god. I did like the group date where they got in thousand pound pumpkin oh, gourds and okay. w- went across the lake and, and paddle like it was a kayak Rocco it, I thought that was hysterical. hysterical and that looked like fun and then they had to get in squirrel, in squirrel costumes, costumes and look for ag- acorns with their names it was I hysterical that was hysterical when they those eight those women but that just looked like so much fun paddling I would have been like the girl Girls paddling the around in a circle I would have won that one yeah you would have won that one it would have been one. a sports and a paddling thing I could I could do that anyway I want Matt to put a stop to this nonsense when they were talking about this one girl might be an escort or something it's just so boring it's, I like when we have good villains well I'm sick of the queen Queen Victoria, Victoria, yeah, she can go Don't home. Don't you think she can go He home? needs to send Victoria and Anna home, um, but we know he won't, and blah, blah, blah. There's still too many people's There's names. There's too many people's names. But I will say, I, I did, did like s- our Minnesota girl, though. Yes, I, I uh, her name is Michelle Young, but um, he did post, Matt, it might not be the brightest bulb, he, passed it, he posted another photo Oh no! Um, oh, that people are. Oh no! Why anyway. is he doing this? He's not supposed to. What? Tell me what it is. Well, he posted captioned a shot of him meeting Michelle for the first time outside of the resort. Better late than never. So is she runner up? Is she the one? It just seems like a strange thing to post. Is COVID just going to everyone's mind? Maybe. Is everyone just done? And don't care. So bust me, Bachelor. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Maybe. I, maybe. I don't know. I'm just sick of it all. Yeah. Just don't get sick of it yet. No, we still got... So anyway. But it was right. it was still kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. But, but when was. I'm with my boy, he fast forwards it because he can't I fast some people. Yeah, I, mean, I fast forward to people I, too. And I fast forward through one-on-one dates. And then I look, if they stop and kiss, I check that out. But there's a lot of boring ass conversations. And and he wants to yeah and and bless his heart he wants to get deep with everybody but sometimes I don't we don't we don't care there's too many people involved to get to deep. get deep I agree give us just the highlights by the way Big Sky comes back tonight I on know. ABC and you know who's joining the cast well uh, Ted Levine you might not go you go who's Ted Levine well his most famously remembered by being uh, Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs. But we've seen him in... Okay, um, when, so that was in, what, 1992? No, but he's been in other oh, shows. <gasps> you recognize scary him. scary looking. Uh, he's been in a lot, a lot of shows. He played a... Was he on Justified? He was in a cowboy... He was in another show the bridge, that we watched. The bridge. The bridge. 
He was in the oh now that people that, if you want a good show to binge the, the bridge. bridge the bridge I'm it the down. bridge oh my gosh it was on AMC I believe okay I never heard of that one uh, and oh. it, uh, what's her name um, who's the actress the Diane Kruger is in it and and um, the guy from um, Mart Bashir yeah. the 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 what is his actor Bashir Bashir Shamir I don't know what yeah, his name is. Him. But Bashir anyway, Shamir. that's a good show. That is a good show. And Rocco, okay. I came home last night and I said, Casey, remember when we watched Gamora? I said, why didn't we like that? Because I was thinking about Damien Bashir. Damien Bashir. Mm-hmm. I said, I was thinking about there's not ever been a show that's been too violent for, for us. What was it? So he looks it up and he goes, we watched it on like HBO in 2016 when he came out. And he said, remember... I couldn't read fast enough. Oh, we can try it again because I've gotten so good at reading, reading. because we've watched so many shows that In are subtitles. from right. other countries and stuff. That's hysterical that Casey well, said that. And they do offer an English dubbed version on HBO Max. We couldn't figure out how to turn it on. Well, maybe this time it's easier with HBO Max. I don't know. Cause we, that's when we watched improved. it last night. Oh, you did? So? I don't, okay. Yeah, they. I don't think they dubbed it in English. And besides, I'm working on my Italian. Yeah. And not no, that I can... did. I noticed there was two options that you could click on right before you did it. But yeah. Yeah. Gamora. Gamora. And yeah, Napoli. that's... Yeah, yeah, we watched three episodes. And Casey's Napoli. like... He's like, I'm so happy I can read faster now. <laughs> in 2016, we had uh, not that much time, and we just moved on from sure. it. But There's it's kind of based some... on a true story, the Kamara crime family in Napoli and stuff. So now, do you feel like you're going to go back to it? got to watch it. All right. We'll be back.